You're listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. Well, here's the question everybody always asks. Well, is my name in the book of life? Am I in the book of life? If you've received Christ, your name is in the book of life. If you've not received Christ yet, your name's not yet in the book of life. Give your heart, be all in, be wholehearted, become a disciple of Jesus. Not just a Jesus follower, not just a believer, but an all in, burn the boats, wholehearted disciple of Jesus. It's the only way to happiness. It's the only way to happiness. It's the only way to joy. Today, Pastor Steve continues his series on the book of Revelation. At The Road, our vision is to raise up wholehearted disciples of Jesus Christ. For more information on The Road, visit theroad.org. We hope you are encouraged by today's message from Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. 38% of Americans believe we're living in the last days. 57% of Americans believe that the prophecies in the book of Revelation will come true. So despite what you're hearing on the media, and for you that are in college, despite what you're hearing from your professors on the university level, over half of the country still believes in the book, still believes it's the inerrant, infallible word of God in some way, shape, or form. They wouldn't say it that way, but they know there's something very, very powerful and special about this book. And I would encourage you guys on the high school campuses and the college campuses, carry your Bible. Just carry your Bible. Put it in your bag. Have it around. Lay it around. Let people see it. Let them know that you're a Jesus disciple. So Revelation 13 is about two beasts. Two beasts. One is the Antichrist. We talked about this last week. And the other is a false prophet. What we're going to see is sort of a... The rest of Revelation is going to be good news and bad news. We're going to see God allowing the enemy to rise up with greater demonic power across the globe. But we're also going to see word-rooted, spirit-alive churches also being raised up by the Spirit of God with more power. You're going to see people getting healed today that were not getting healed 40 years ago. You are going to see people getting set free from addictions immediately. I met a guy two weeks ago who talked about this addiction that he had in his life. And God touched him and he was set free in about 48 hours. And he never went back to it. It's been 25 years. That's pretty exciting. And, and we're seeing these things happen that we were not seeing in the past. We're seeing praise and worship across the globe. That's more spirit anointed than we've ever seen before. We're seeing prayer meetings. We've got the Acts School right over here. I mean, that's the reason you're so beautiful in worship. It's because you do it all the time, right? I mean, you're doing it before and in the presence of the Lord. And Marcus is one of the leaders of that, of that ministry. And so, and so that was not happening 20 years ago. So there's just all these things happening. So, so Satan's not going to win. Jesus is going to win. But we're going to see this unholy trinity. Kind of an unholy trinity of Satan and this antichrist and this false prophet that actually God is going to use to bring even people in the last, last, last days who are going to get saved because they're going to know that it's not of the Lord. Now, we mentioned last week, again, anti. Anti does not mean against. That tends to be the way we think of anti in English. It does not mean against. It means instead of. 
So the Antichrist will be a Messiah-like figure that will come on the scene doing signs and wonders, doing powerful stuff, a tremendous orator uh, with the ability to synergize and unite all the nations of the world. And so he will be like a Christ, like a Messiah. It doesn't mean anti, even though he is. It means that he's going to be like. So let's look at Revelation 13. I'll go through really quick what we covered before. Then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and on his horns ten crowns and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power. So in Revelation 12 we talked about the dragon being Satan. His throne and great authority. Here was the first mark we talked about last week. You can go online. You can listen to it later or watch it. First mark, one world leader with satanic power. A one world leader with satanic power. Power. So Satan is empowering this leader and he's going to come out of the sea. And again, I explained it last week, uh, two weeks ago. This sea are the nations, we believe, around the Mediterranean. So we believe that somewhere in that area of the Middle East, this one world leader, this, this satanically empowered individual will come forth. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded and his deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Second mark. A mortal head wound supernaturally healed. A mortal head wound supernaturally healed. Three times in this chapter it speaks of this head wound. This wound where he's healed. It's almost like the only way I can think of it is the whole. I mean CNN will be there. Fox will be there. NBC. MSNBC. And he'll rise from the dead. That's what I think. I think he'll look like he's dead. It looks like he's been killed. And then he will somehow supernaturally come back to life. And that will set him with an equity over all other world leaders. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Third mark, the world will worship this leader. So the whole world will worship him. And I shared last week about Iran. And their, and their belief in the hidden imam, a Messiah-like figure of Shia Islam that will rise up. And, and it's uncanny. And again, I talked more about it uh, two weeks ago. So you can listen to it. It's called the 12th imam. It's the hidden imam. The 12er sect of Shia Islam is in Iran. And they believe that there will be cataclysm. There will be chaos on the earth. And this Islamic... Shia Islamic world leader will rise up in the midst of that. If you want more details, you can listen to that talk. Verse 5. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. I really like this verse. I really like this verse. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. There's a lot we could say here. One thing we know is that it appears that the, that the temple, as it were, the tabernacle will be rebuilt on the temple mount in Israel where we see the mosque of Amar right now. That will be rebuilt. The, the temple of the Jews will be rebuilt there. But here's the fourth mark. A great orator... 
a great orator who will speak blasphemies against God. A great orator who will speak blasphemies against God. Now, you say, why, why does he like that? I mean, what's he like with it? I like it's 42 months. It's not 43. It's not 42 and a half. I mean, it's pretty cool. You can, I mean, if, if we're still alive, I mean, I think we're going to be raptured. We're going to be out of here. But let's just say I'm wrong. Which my wife will tell you is frequent. But let's say I'm wrong on that. Is that, you know, there's a limit to what God is going to allow the enemy to do. And then this guy, it's over. It's over. He wins. The king of kings and the Lord of lords becomes the king of kings and the Lord of lords on the earth too. He's moving in power through his church, but he's only got 42 months. So it's a really bad week. And you go, well, he's on 27. It's only like 15 more. He doesn't know that, but we know that. Because we have the intelligence report from God called the book of Revelation. Giving us God. Why is it here? Why do we have the book as the last book in all of the Bible except as an intelligence report? I'm giving you a briefing. I'm a colonel in the Lord's army. I can't say I'm a general, but I'm a colonel in the Lord's army. And hey, I'm giving you a briefing report. This is the way it's going to happen, gang. Isn't that exciting? 42 months. That's all he's got. But he's going to begin to speak blasphemies. Blasphemies against God. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints. And to overcome them. God is going to let him actually overcome the saints. And authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Fifth mark, he will make war on the church. He will make war on the church. He will control all the governments of the world. He will come against the church. He will overcome the church. And, and you better get ready, folks. And get ready. <laughs> because right now, back th- when this comes, it will cost us our head. Right now, it just costs you your heart. So come to Jesus if you don't know him. But there's going to be a war against the church. And don't you feel it? There's some of this already beginning across the globe. Especially powerful churches. Especially churches. I mean, listen. The government doesn't care about weak, anemic, divided churches. They don't care. That's why every time you have around, you know, right around Easter or right around Christmas, the guys they interview, it's just amazing to me. I've been reading Newsweek and Time since ad nauseum. I mean, it was always in my house. I've always had it. My dad sends me Time magazine. So I read Time and, and, I, and I read uh, these different periodicals and, and listen to the news from time to time and stuff like that. It, it's amazing in Newsweek, Time, and U.S. News and World Report magazine. They always interview people like, who is this guy? This is Dr. Larry Jones from Princeton. Well, I feel, it's like, I don't care what you feel. You're so out of touch. I mean, nobody even knows who you are. I mean, seriously, the mainline media of which only 2% go to church. Did you know that? Out of the mainline media, only 2% go to church. They don't know anything. So they, they don't understand. I mean, they, seriously, 
they probably know more. Well, they know a lot about organic food, but they don't know anything about what's happening in the church. And so they do these interviews. People none of us have ever heard of. None of them have ever pastored a church. They've never grown anything except their stomach because they're sitting in an ivory tower studying all the time. Okay? And so, and so we don't listen to them. The reality is what God's doing and where people have fear is a church that's actually making Jesus great in their cities. That's what the Springs Initiative is all about. We're making Jesus great by going into the poor sections of town and we're going to paint those houses and we're going to fix up those yards. We're going to help and we're going to love those people. I was sitting at the National Day of Prayer between an Hispanic county supervisor and then the head of the uh, Hispanic churches of Colorado Springs and then across from him was the head of the National Day of Prayer who's Hispanic, who's his boss, and I just had a blast talking to these guys about what's happening in the Hispanic community, the Latino community. This guy that I was sitting next to who's got a church downtown, he was, figure this one out. He was born in New York and he grew up in Puerto Rico. And I said, that's, that's so weird, man. And then he explained it to me. He said he's got six nationalities in his church of about 150 from all over Latin America and stuff. So God's bringing people to us to reach for Christ and we get the privilege of being a part of that. Let's make a difference. Let's make Jesus great. Verse 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Well, here's the question everybody always asks. Well, is my name in the book of life? Am I in the book of life? If you've received Christ, your name is in the book of life. If you've not received Christ yet, your name's not yet in the book of life. So before we take communion today, make it right. Give your heart, be all in, be wholehearted, become a disciple of Jesus. Not just a Jesus follower, not just a believer, but an all in, burn the boats, wholehearted disciple of Jesus. It's the only way to happiness. It's the only way to happiness. It's the only way to joy. If anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. So, most of you in this room, does everybody hear about two ears? So, if you hear with two ears, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So, men and women, we must be ready also for battle. We must be ready for hardship. We must be ready for difficult. Suffering's coming our way. Suffering is coming our way. And I'm not talking about just the, the end times and all that. I mean, I mean that's life. That's, that's the course. That's the course that we're in. That suffering's a part of this life. And it's the patience of the saints. It's the endurance of the saints through the word of God. And through the power of the Holy Spirit. That we are able to continually have joy. We can continue. That's what I love about Philippians. If you're feeling really down this week, just read Philippians. It'll take you 15 minutes to read the entire book. Just four short chapters. Read it and just circle every time you see joy. Joy, joy, joy. I'll just let you know there's 14 of them in my translation. 
Maybe you have a better translation. It's more. But it's about 14. He's in prison. He's in prison. He's gotten the shaft from the church even, he says. Even from other believers, Paul has gotten the shaft. Anybody here gotten a shaft from the church before? Man, raise your hand if you've ever gotten the shaft from a church. Man, the rest of you are living in an awesome world that I don't know of, okay? But, but he had gotten Paul, Paul, Apostle Paul, capital, he's one of the capital A guys. I mean, I believe there's a lot of small A apostles all over the world today who are planting churches and going for it. I call them small A apostles. But he was capital A. He's capital A apostle. He wrote a large part of the Bible. And he got the shaft from the church. And he said, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. That's what you're going to do. You keep hanging around us. You're going to count it all joy. Because welcome to the party. The party's tough. The party's hard. But if we have each other. And if we have Jesus. I mean he starts off the book of Philippians saying. I pray with joy. And I can't wait to have fellowship with you. And he's in chains. That's the heart. Of a wholehearted disciple. Here's one who understands that he wins. Jesus wins. And then I saw another beast, verse 11, coming up out of the earth. This is now going to be this, this second beast in, in Revelation 13 that is what I'm going to call this false prophet or this false spiritualist. Kind of a spiritualist for this one world leader. leader. And he had two horns like a lamb. So I think he's going to come kind of tentatively, gently. Maybe even kind of kindly, like a lamb. Two horns like lamb. Here's what's interesting about the, the, the use of, of, the, of the, well, the metaphor of what is being seen metaphorically by John in the vision of the apocalypse is it's two horns. He makes note of two. He didn't say like a lamb. He says two horns like a lamb. And horns always represent authority. And so there's something to the two horns. But he spoke like a dragon. So he spoke like Satan. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. The sixth mark. A false prophet will arise as an enforcer for the beast. A false prophet or a false spiritualist will arise as an enforcer for the beast. So we're talking about two leaders. First the Antichrist. I believe he's political. Again you need to go back and listen to the first message. But I believe he's a political leader. I believe that this, this prophet. This spiritualist. Is a religious leader. And that's what I believe the two horns are. I believe the two horns of the lamb. Will be political and religious power. Political and religious power. So, people don't want a spiritual Messiah who forgives them of their sins. Most people don't. What they actually want is how can you get more money in my pocket? Most people would rather have an economic Messiah 
than a spiritual Messiah. This guy will come, but the Antichrist in the political realm, and I believe this false spiritualist, this false prophet being more on the religious end, and they, and they will come together in synergy. Really interesting. I was talking to, at, at the National Day of Prayer, I was talking to someone, we were having a pretty intriguing conversation. And he said, you know, have you seen the recent statistics on uh, where America's at uh, as re- related to leadership? And I said, no. And he said, they've, actually, I believe Pastor Choco brought it out too, but we had a conversation about it later, that 65% of Americans would rather have someone who has good political ideas than care anything about their character. Character doesn't matter from that perspective of those in the vast mass of people anymore. And evidence of the last few elections we've had. So that's, that's a setup. That's a setup for a type of leader of which his character is not going to be analyzed, but it's going to be more his policies that are analyzed. And so this, this two-horned lamb is this false prophet that rises up in, in the religious and political system. Revelation 12, 9 says this. The great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So this will be a deception on a worldwide level, and he will be an enforcer for the Antichrist. Now, I started to talk about this a little bit last week, but some believe, and it actually comes out of Shia Islam also with the hidden imam, the 12 or sect, that this leader will be Jewish. Really interesting. It's actually not mainstream. Um, it's actually on the edges of the mainstream in relation to the Antichrist that he could be Jewish and that he will actually be key to bringing Islam, Christianity, and Judaism into one world, one world religious order. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Reminds us of someone, Elijah. He will be an Elijah-like prophetic figure. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was, I like this, I've underlined in my Bible, was granted to do. He, He can only do what he's granted to do. In the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who is wounded by the sword and lives. That's the third time it speaks of the wound in the uh, Antichrist. Verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Seventh mark, great signs and wonders Granted to the beast and the false prophet. So this false prophet can do signs and wonders. The Antichrist can do signs and wonders. Satan can do signs and wonders. Second Thessalonians 2 where we talk about the restrainer. So the restrainer has been lifted as it talks about in Second Thessalonians. And, and the church has been taken out. And the Holy Spirit has been taken out. A democratic republic government taken out. There's no restrainer to evil. There's absolutely no restrainer to evil. 
Now I talked about where's the United States and all this two weeks ago. Again, you'll have to go back and listen to why I believe the United States is not mentioned anywhere in the book of Revelation and why I think basically our country will not be the world power that it once was during this time. But you can listen to that. So can you imagine a world leader that can do signs and wonders? That he can call down, he can call down fire from heaven. It reminds me of Moses. So Moses meets Pharaoh and Moses does a sign and a wonder. Remember what happened? Pharaoh does a sign and a wonder through his magicians. And on and on and on and on. And when I was in Okinawa so many years ago and we'd go out to show the Jesus film on the islands around the South China Sea... The stories we heard were interesting. The stories of snake bites by the habu, which is one of the most deadly snakes in the world. And the habu comes, it's very similar to a, um, a cotton mouth in the south that would come and it, and it strikes you and then it rips the skin. So it strikes and it rips the skin. And, and stories of the Utah, which were the priestesses on the islands that would put their hands on the wound and it would be miraculously healed. And people would go to the Utah. And the Utah was one that we had to deal with when we'd go in to show the Jesus film. And I don't have time to go into all the stories. But, but, the, but the power encounters were interesting. And I didn't know much then. I was just learning about all the stuff about the power of the Holy Spirit myself. But we saw some stuff that would make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Because Satan was alive and well on many of those islands. And then we show the Jesus film. By the way, a truth encounter always wins a power encounter. A truth encounter always wins a power encounter. Well, Steve, I I don't want to deal with demons and stuff. I don't deal with... Don't. You don't have to right now. Just keep living truth. Just keep speaking truth. Just keep proclaiming truth. And power encounters are happening. You don't even know it, but that's what sets people free. And that's what Jesus did. And sometimes, sometimes you actually have to have a one-on-one power encounter. And they talk and stuff. By the way, Jesus never met a demon he liked. So, if you, if you encounter one, cast it out. Get out in the name of Jesus. Watch what will happen. Then tell him to really be quiet and not make a scene. Years ago, I had this guy come up to me, and man, this guy was so demonized. And uh, he said some stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm going to cast out your demons in about five minutes. Um, So I just want to say, heads up, all demons in there, heads up. I'm a-coming. You're not going to scream. You're not going to fall on the floor. You're not going to foam at the mouth. You're not going to act like, you know, a jerk. You're going to make this guy look like a jerk. We're just going to cast you out. And the guy said, okay. And so we cast it out. Dude was set free, man. Took like three minutes. So as we move toward the latter days, God's going to use many of you in supernatural ways that are going to be like, I I mean, God wants to use me that way? Yes. It's going to be exciting because he loves you. And he digs like making himself maybe glorified. He likes being sort of king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to actually start doing it on a level that we've never seen before. He calls us all both great and small. Rich and poor. Free and slave. To receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. 
that no one may buy or sell except ones who have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. So here's the briefing. Here, in May of this year, heads up, here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Eighth mark. Everyone on the earth will receive a mark of the beast. Everyone on the earth at that time will receive a mark of the beast. Those who worship the beast. Now, it's saying those who receive the mark. Not everybody will receive a mark. But those who are following the beast will receive a mark. And I remember I gave this, I gave this talk years ago. And a guy came and said, it's Pastor Steve. Look at my visa card. And the last three digits were 666. And I said, I knew we'd find out who the Antichrist was. He says, that's not funny. I said, I know. But. So in Deuteronomy, those who are followers of Yahweh were given a mark. They were told to mark their foreheads. They were told to mark themselves with the phylactery on their, on their wrist and on their forehead. God's always been marking people. The doors were marked with blood by the Paschal Lamb as the angel of death came through the nation of Israel. He marks us. And those who are following the beast will be marked. And I don't know if it's a card. I don't know if it's a cylinder, a chip. Our dog has a chip. All our dogs have a chip. I think it's right like back in here on our dog. Right there. It's right underneath. You can identify our dog with a scanner by any vet. They've got them for racehorses. They'll have them for us. It's a coming. I mean, seriously, the way things are changing, right? Robert would know. And Robert's going to be on a video next week that I interviewed him about some of this kind of stuff. But this, this, uh, this mark of the beast, this number... And the number 666 is the perfect number for humankind. Do you realize that 777 is considered the perfect number for God or for deity? 666 is the perfect number for humanity. And all kinds of theories have gone out about 666. It's been used for Napoleon. It's been used for Stalin. It's been used for Hitler. It's probably been used for Mao. And I told you last, you know, two weeks ago, it was used for Reagan. Ronald Wilson Reagan. 666. So, let's don't do that. Let's don't go around trying to figure out 666. The point is this. There'll be a mark. And this is the thing I want to leave with you today. You're marked. You're already marked with the Holy Spirit. It says you're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And when, and when Paul wrote to Ephesus and he talked about the seal of the Holy Spirit, he was speaking of cargo on ships that went all over the Mediterranean at that time. And when a, a king or a, or a wealthy person or a prince or an ambassador wanted to mark his cargo, he put wax on it. He took his ring, his signet ring with his seal and he sealed it. And nobody could open that but him. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're already marked. In a sense, you're marked 777. You're marked by the Holy Spirit if you're a Jesus disciple. 
Now listen, if you're not a Jesus disciple, you're not marked yet. You're on your own. Don't stay there. That's, that's really, really uh, uh, dangerous waters to be swimming in. Come to Christ. Come to him for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. What Paul is saying is you can never be good enough. Nobody here can ever be good enough, but you can be bad enough. And he said, well, I've done this and I've done that. Good, exactly. That's the job description of getting saved. All the bad stuff you've done. Will you surrender it though to Jesus Christ? And let him seal you for eternity. You've been listening to The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt. We hope you have been blessed by today's message. To connect with us further, visit theroad.org. If you are walking through a difficult time, we want to pray for you. Go to theroad.org, click on the Ministries tab, and go to our prayer page to send us your prayer request. Thanks again for tuning in today. And be sure to listen to the next edition of The Road with Pastor Teacher Steve Holt.